Jake, you there, buddy? Jake? 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 No, of course you're not there, because you're a piece of... Welcome to the Art of the Dive. Game week 12 on its way. Game week 11 in the books and done. What a week it was. It was an absolute mess. I'm going to be completely honest. To top it off, we've got a great surprise for everyone. I am doing the pod solo this week. That's right, folks. Doing it solo. Jake, traveling across the country, visiting family, decided he didn't want to bring his potting equipment. Then, because he's completely worthless, did not think to schedule his life so that we could get a pod in. Uh, Due to the time difference, there is literally not a moment in the day that we are going to be able to podcast together over the next three days. So I put a poll out on Twitter asking people what they wanted us to do. Uh, About 70-30 said they wanted me to roll with it. So we're just going to make it a shorter pod this week. Uh, I will say a lot of mean things about Jake because he has very much upset me. Uh, And we're just going to roll with it. We're going to see how it goes. I'd like to uh, start by giving a shout out to all the Pod Bro listeners out there. A lot of people um, retweeted our pod, gave us likes, gave us some shout outs. I know that those types of things, when people do them, I don't know if they're like thinking about us when they do it or not. But uh, Jake and I like super appreciate it. Uh, the feedback, the encouragement. You know, we get like four or five hundred people every week that play the pod. I, I think we really have like three hundred fifty, like pretty serious listeners. And then the rest of the people, maybe just listen a little bit. Anyways, it means a lot when you guys do that. Thank you. Um, some great comments from the week. Uh, uh, Guadam, who I, I know I'm butchering your name. Jake's FPL insight is worse than Lukaku's first touch, if that's possible. It is possible. Jake's terrible at everything. FPL Lane strikes again. Can you ask Jake a question that's bugging me? What percentage of the animals that he touches in private places have given him prior consent to do so? Uh, Lane, I can answer that for you. The percentage is zero. And bonus answer, Jake touches a lot of animals in private parts. No joke. When Jake calls me on the phone, the picture that shows up is him elbow deep in the asshole of a cow. That is not made up. It is a 100% true statement. Everyone put that image in their mind. That's the type of guy that Jake is. Uh, Two point. Oh, this great pod is catering to all FPL players across the pro stat anti stats divide. Okay. For those that don't like stats out there, hashtag all stats matter. Let's go. Great comment. Um, FPL Jim, my favorite comment. Fuck Jake. I just got to get that out there. Um, so anyways, a lot of great stuff from, from, uh, the community this week. Thanks to everyone who helped share a pot out, um, and who send questions in. I know it's kind of like the same, probably like 20 people that send a lot of stuff in, but that's totally fine. And if you're a listener, that's especially if you've been listening for some time and you've never sent anything in, please feel free to get in touch with us, um, on Twitter or send us an email, uh, at the art of the dive at gmail.com. You can go to our website, dive fpl.com and there's a contact section right there you can you know write in like hey you guys should try this on the pod or here's a question that i have for the week um you know we get the emails uh, right away so love to hear from you 
let's get into kind of like what some of the bigger topics that I was thinking about at the end of this game week. What, what do you say about that, Jake? Oh, wow, that sounds great. I'm an idiot and stupid. Yeah, you're right, Jake. We won't even include you in the conversation. Uh, that's what Jake sounds like in my head. Okay, uh, the first thing that I wanted to bring up was the idea of believing in your picks. So the last few weeks, I've been saying that I thought Richie was a really good pick. Um, out of position, uh, midfielder playing in, in that central striker role. The stats, I know that this is hard because I'm a big advocate for the use of stats, hashtag all stats matter. Uh, but the stats weren't necessarily supporting that Richie was the best pick. Um, the the heat map, though, was showing him pretty far up the pitch. So I was struggling with that. Uh, but I've been saying on the pod he's a great pick, and I dropped him this week. Now, I dropped him for Barkley, and I know that a lot of people are like, wow, that, that's really stupid. You're chasing points. It wasn't because I really wanted Barkley. It was because I wanted Mendy, and I needed the funds from that downgrade to upgrade to Mendy. Now, if you're doing the math, it did not work out in any way for me. And thus far this year, I've been very good with my transfers. Um, almost all the transfers I've brought in have produced returns the week they've come in for me. Um, and I doubled this week in terms of transfers and didn't get anything out of it. Super frustrating. But uh, that kind of brings me back to my main point. And I think that believing in your picks is really important. If you're going to, if you're going to invest in a player, uh, make sure it's a player that you can really get behind. And part of the issue with my little transfer here was I dropped a player I was behind to bring in a player I am not behind. Of course, I did get to upgrade to Mendy, but it's still a frustrating situation for me. I think going forward, it, it should be okay, but I'm going to need to get rid of Barkley. I just don't really see him being like a player that's going to have a ton of points for me. Maybe like deep on my bench or first or second guy on my bench, he could be good, but Going forward here, I'm going to need to look in another direction. Uh, another kind of interesting topic that somebody just posted on Twitter that's not necessarily FPL related, but they posted that Liverpool have the most points of any team in second at this stage in the Premier League season. Chelsea have the most points of any team in third. Arsenal, the most points fourth, fifth, Spurs. Is this a concerning topic? The idea that the top teams in the league right now, basically have the most points that they've ever had at this stage in the season. For me, it is. I've always uh, touted the the Premier League as the most competitive league in the world, and that's why I've always loved it. Um, the fact that although we do see a lot of the top six or eight teams in the league, the middle of the table battles it out, and we often see like lower teams giving giving those top six sides trouble. So it is a concern for me, um, but it's not necessarily the topic of this FPL podcast. I just think it's an interesting idea. Um, maybe people that know like a little bit more about the history of the league would be able to tell me a little bit more about it. So if anyone knows anything about that topic, I would love to talk in more detail. Back to FPL. Uh, the next big topic that I kind of wanted to talk about was the use of the wild card. And I guess my question to the listeners would be this. Do you have to play your wild card? Like, do you, does it have to be laid down at a certain point in the season? So the reason I ask this is because the last two years, 
I've essentially been flying through the first, um, you know, 10, 12 game weeks of the season. This year, I played my wild card in game week nine. Last year, I played my wild card in game week 12. In both years, uh, I was doing very, very well. I played my wild card because I felt as though it, it had to be played as if I'm losing some sort of advantage by not playing it. Uh, and then I kind of, my team rocks and I go off the rails. Um, and that has been the case for the last two years. So I guess what I'm, I'm trying to kind of get back around to is that the wild card shouldn't, you shouldn't feel like you have to throw that card down at some point. I think that's one reason why a lot of the, the quote elite managers, uh, have been known to use their wild card in the first six game weeks. So essentially what they're looking to do, and we talked about this in our preseason pod is go with not necessarily punt players in the beginning of the year, but but maybe play a little bit more risky with your wild card uh, or with your with your initial lineup, and then planning to play that wild card uh, early, very early in the season. Uh, whereas my approach has always kind of been, oh, you use it when you need it. Um, but I guess I never really know, like when the sirens are going off, like when do I need to play it? When I played in game week nine uh, this year, I had about like four or five changes that I needed to make. And so I thought that that was the right time. Unfortunately, I did not make the right picks. So maybe had I made the right picks, I'd be talking differently. Um, That said, just something to keep in mind, especially for those that still have their wild card at hand. Okay, this is way too much talking when Jake is not here. God, I hate it. I need to drink some beer. Okay, feeling better. Uh, let's talk a little bit about my game week. I won't go into too much detail because it was mostly sad. So uh, the average for this game week was 52 points. Uh, I finished on a very nice 53. So I outdid the overall average. Uh, the top 1K average was 64 So as you can imagine, that's a bit of a problem for me. And I did experience a pretty serious drop in rank. Um, I went from like just under 3,000 to just under 8,000 overall. So still a solid rank, but it is definitely a problem for me going forward here. Um, One thing I was kind of looking at that I I thought was interesting uh, was last year and this year. I'm definitely the type of manager where my points tend to tick along. So like I often compare, and I'm sure a lot of you listeners can, can relate. I have to compare how I'm doing to my buddies in our little mini league. We have a mini league with like five or six people. It's just our old friends from college. And uh, I often compare kind of how I'm doing to that mini league. I'm definitely the manager that like, I just, I'm steady Eddie, right? Like 10, 20 points above the average, um, Maybe I beat everyone in our little league by like five points, seven points, 10 points, something like that. Then on the other hand, we have, we have this different type of manager, like our buddy, Jim, who you've probably heard about us talk about on the pod before, uh, Jim will lose to everybody by 20 points, 30 points or something like that, like ridiculous amounts sometime. And then, and this has been the last two years with his team he kind of gets things evened out and all of a sudden he'll have like this incredible week. He had 99 points this week, which is pretty crazy. Uh, 
And so it kind of got me asking, and we were actually sitting over breakfast, the two of us and I, I was kind of talking to him about it. It got me thinking like, what type of manager is it better to be? Is it better to be that like kind of tick along manager or is it better to have your team set up in a way that it can explode or like that you're taking these calculated risks trying to get players in that can uh, maximize like like an absurd game week for you and you can jump through the ranks really, really fast. The answer to that question is I don't really know what's best. Um, I'd, I'd love to hear from other managers. I mean, you know, we see these like kind of top managers in the FPL world, in the Twitter community, you know, fantasy football scout, fantasy football pundits, things like that that they consistently are in the upper echelons of the rank. So like these guys are always in like the top 100K and often in the top 10K and very often as well, like in the top 1,000 or 2,000. Um, and I don't know, I'd love to like reach out to those managers and ask, you know, are, are you just trying to put up like put out a lineup like that beats averages every week? Or do you really try to play for like slight differentials uh, to maximize like an absurd number of points in a game week? No idea. Uh, in terms of returns for my week, though, Alonzo continues to tick along, got an assist. Um, so one bonus point. So he got me six. No clean sheets, though, in my whole back line. And, and I started this week Mendy, Laporte, Alonzo, and Robertson. Uh, so zero zero clean sheets in those four players, uh, which is very frustrating considering the amount that I'm spending in the back. I still stand by that. I think that the back line is going to be good to invest heavily in. Um, points per million uh, is, is very high, so there's a lot of value there. And also the potential for clean sheets amongst these top sides here in Liverpool City and Chelsea, I think is going to remain very high. As Jake said one out last week on the pod uh you know these teams are probably going to get 16 18 maybe i know it's a lot but maybe 20 clean sheets on the season uh try to find me a midfielder priced between you know five and six and a half that's going to have 18 returns try i i just don't think that you're going to be able to do it so anyways I'm down with, with the expensive at the back. I'm okay with it, and I'm hoping it continues to work out. Um, we'll see. Hopefully, I can bounce back this week. Um, through the midfield, Sterling, of course, had a great game. Unfortunately, I did not captain him. I, for some reason, went with Salah. I, I guess my thought was last year, there was, it was both high-scoring affairs for Liverpool's attack, four goals and three goals in the two matches. Um, but, you know, Liverpool are not clicking like they were last year, and so I probably course, in hindsight, should have gone with Sterling. Um, it would have made all the difference for the game week. But, you know, he's. I'm, I'm happy that I was on him ahead of a lot of other managers. Um, Hazard got an assist for me. And, of course, Wilson had another nice performance with uh, a goal and some bonus points. He's absolute gold. Just hold him. Um, yeah, so that's my week. I don't know. Kind of frustrating. I'm not too freaked out about it. Team looks okay going forward. Uh, but definitely a couple little problems to kind of sort out. Um, not exactly sure how I'm going to sort them, and I think I kind of want to just hold for this week and wait to figure out uh, what I might want to do with guys in the future. Uh, anyways, league dive, top 10. Uh, 
Number 10, Matt Williamson. Nine, Kamaran Sayed. Eight, Fripe Pearson. Uh, six, two guys tied. It looks like Michael Lamonico and Andrew Bladen. Uh, five, FPL Dare. Oh, Dare. Four, John Eric Torstens, Torsteinsens, Torsteinsens, Torsteinsen? Yeah, it's a really tough name. The Lone Wolves, though, on Twitter, familiar with that. Uh, Jordan Pierce, Mount Eden Munters, down to number three. James Richard, up to number two. And Matt Frisky, the Kyote kid who does listen to our pod, still at number one. Let's see how he's doing overall in the world. Looks like a little drop, 173. Bad job by you. Uh, the Kyote kid did reach out on uh, on Twitter um, and and was talking shit to me, first off. So that's completely outrageous. Uh, so I told him that he owes us all of his winnings if he wins the official FPL, which everyone knows, you guys, the second you listen to it, fine print on our SoundCloud page. It says if you win anything, we get at least 93% of all winnings. Uh, he responded that I could have one of the tickets to the games that you win uh, so that Jake can't come as well. Um, so good job by by uh, by Matt. I'm really proud of you for two things. One, recognizing the small print, and two, um, making sure Jake's not included in any of the fun because he thinks he's better than us and can just go on family vacations and work and stuff like that. <sighs> okay, some little things for the week. Um Champions League games this week. Liverpool had a shocker today, losing 2-0. Um, another little thing. I did throw out a question uh, this last week on Twitter, just asking if people would be interested if I made a short video about how to make a podcast. I've probably had like, I don't know, I want to say like four or five people reach out saying, oh, I'm interested in like doing an FPL pod or you know, I want to do just a podcast in general, and I was wondering how you set yours up. Uh, I won't go into detail on this podcast, but I will make a short video. My plan is to have something out by just the end of the month here, so in the next couple weeks, um, I'll just do something for, you know, four or five minutes, kind of about, like, what we use for software and what we use to record. Jake and I really do this mostly, like, like we're not super techie about it, and we do kind of do it like on a budget. We don't have any really expensive equipment um, just because, you know, it's a podcast. You do it for fun. We're not making money off of it. So I'll uh, talk about that on the pod in the future when it's done. But um, otherwise, if you're one of those people on Twitter uh, that are, are looking forward to it, I'll, I'll put it out on there as well. Okay, so just a couple little things to hit on for the week. Um, you know, game week 11, like I said, was kind of a you know a rough week for me, but it was it was an interesting week for a lot of FPL managers. Uh, some managers scoring tons of points, and a lot of managers that have been traditionally doing very well taking an absolute dump and doing really really poorly. Uh, in terms of performances, of course, City just absolutely demolishing uh, Southampton, and and we have. Aguero, Sané, and Sterling all in the, the Game Week 11 dream team. If you captained any of those guys, you were absolutely flying. Of course, if you captained Sterling, uh, you're a very happy person right now. Um, Sterling's ownership has gone up a little bit, but it's still 7.8%, which is pretty crazy. And, and part of the reason for that is because managers are having to do pretty serious surgery to get him in, or they're having to drop the likes of 
Sala, uh, or Hazard. Now, personally, having all three of them in my team, I like that that's happening. Uh, long term, I won't have all three in my team, but going forward in the next couple game weeks here, I like it because a lot of managers have already moved Salah out uh, to get Sterling in, which is 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 good for me because Salah is going in against a Fulham team who is is absolutely worthless this next week, and he will have the captain banned. Uh, what else do we have here? Jake wrote in, are Spurs good, bad, or lucky? We have a little sheet here that we fill out like for some things that we want to talk about. The fact that Jake has the audacity to write something on this sheet and then not show up for the pod, it's really just outrageous. Oh my goodness. God, I hate Jake. There were a lot of great pumpkin spice latte comments for Jake this week too, but I, I, I just, I'm saving them. I'm saving them for next week when he's back so I can, you know, pumpkin spice his face. That sounds like something uber sexual, but, you know, Jake and I have a good relationship, so you got to do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying, guys? Okay, uh, Spurs, good, bad, or lucky? I, I don't even know what that means or what he's trying to get at. Uh, Spurs are, are not very good this year. It's it's frustrating because, you know, I've always I've always kind of liked the, the industrial approach that Spurs have had, you know, a team kind of building more from the ground and, and maybe not spending as much as some of the other big teams. They just buy big stadiums, I guess, that never get finished. Um, you know, the pretty outrageous match, that Spurs-Wolves match. We, we know Wolves are, are probably the best, quote, mid-table team, if you will. Um, and, and so to come back against Spurs uh, was not necessarily like that outrageous. But I just wouldn't be investing in any Spurs like backline players. Offensively, it's been hard because there's been some injuries with Ali and Erickson. Um, you know, Lamella was hurt and now has, has been on a nice run again. I still would stay away from it because other than Kane, I don't really know like who they're going to continue to start in those positions. You have to believe that Ali and Erickson slot back into their spots. And then you've got Mora, Son, Lamella, all fighting for positions. So personally, I'm staying away from Spurs. I'm not really that interested in them. Um, a team that I am interested in, though, is definitely West Ham uh, going forward here with their their four two performance against Burnley. We all know we all knew Arnie was going to come good at some point in the year. Uh, statistically, he's been quite strong. Um, you know, he had he had a, what did he have a goal and an assist in the match, and then he had another really good chance that he did not score. Um, Arnie's xG is at four point three two, and he has five goals and an assist on the year. Uh, 3.69 shots per 90 and uh, 1.48 key passes. So his shots per 90 is pretty decent. Um, not super high, but pretty decent. Um, the, the the quality of his chances, though, are, are pretty good. So um, West Ham have a nice run of fixtures coming up. Definitely a player that I am considering. Okay, I think that's all I really want to talk about for the game week. I mean, there weren't any other performances to me that, that really stood out. Um, we've got a couple questions about some other players that I'll hit on. Uh, when I come back from a short break, I need to chug a beer. Stay tuned. I miss Jake so much. I wish I wouldn't have said all those mean things to him. Maybe he'd still be here. Pull one out. 
Okay, I'm back for my short break. Got that beer almost down. Feeling good to go now. Uh, game week 12 on the horizon here. I just thought I would I would take a couple questions from people, a couple highlight players that people wanted to talk about. There's just a few things this week. I, I didn't take as many or, or fish for as many um, with with Jake not being here. I figured I wouldn't have as many to, much time to, to go through all of them. So let's start off with Martial. Uh, Martial had another solid game week, uh, picking up a, a goal in United's 2-1 win. Uh, and also triple bonus points, which was a huge bonus to the managers that points chased and brought him in. Um, it's really interesting because his his XG is basically non-existent. So he, and I know part of that is is due to the number of minutes he's played. He's only played 535 minutes this year, uh, but he has an XG per 90 of 0 0.28. 0 0.28. That is super super low just to give you an idea like about some other players on his team Pogba's at 0.55 granted he does take penalties Lukaku at 0.52 uh, Rashford at 0.55 so that's xg per 90 so Martial has scored a number of goals um, from relatively difficult positions or, or unlikely goals he also is only averaging 1.85 shots per 90 um, he is averaging 2.02 key passes per 90, which is a, that's a good stat, decent stat for a midfielder in that price range. I'd probably be looking a little bit closer to three, but, but two isn't terrible in that price range. Um, my personal vote is that his form does not necessarily continue. He's definitely on a hot streak and he's certainly a player in seasons past, uh, that we've known has had the ability to get on hot street streaks like that. Uh, the issue is that Mourinho has, refuse to just let him be a, a consistent starter. Now, there's a chance now, especially with his performances, that he could be. Um, it definitely seems like Sanchez is basically like done on that team. So Martial, uh, there's some minutes to be had there. Um, I don't know, though, that I would be necessarily jumping on board. I, I just don't... It's hard, you know, when you see the goals being scored, but you don't see like the XG or the shots per 90 to support the the sustainability of those goals it's hard for me to get behind it especially with how poor united have been um so that's kind of my thoughts on that jake what do you think about that i like to fist cows okay jake thanks for the help there uh another player worth talking about um who we've talked about in the past but i thought we just i'd hit on some of of uh his statistics would be richarlison so Charleston finally comes good with a brace this last week. Of course, I had dropped him, which was a smart move. Um, you know, his XG per 90 is at 0.4, which is a little more reasonable. He played part of the season on the wing. So um, shots per 90 at 2.6, but his key passes is still very low. Um, that has recently been boosted, I think, when he's been in the central forward position. So like when they played United, he had a number of, of very dangerous penetrating balls. I'm still behind him. He's probably going to price rise again, probably be out of a lot of managers' reach um, in the next game week or two if he continues to rise. Um, you know, playing out of position, he's a good player. Everton definitely starting to get it together. Gilfie playing very good um, as well, another player to kind of look at. Um, but but Gilfie, I think, is enabling Richarlison to really, um, as they begin to make more of a connection to, to Richardson will begin to be able to kind of dive in behind players more and 
a, a player with the vision that Sigurdsson has uh, will be able to hopefully find him. And there was that that was the connection this this week where Gilfie slipped him in, where Charleston rifled one in, uh, roofed it right into the top of the net. So um, definitely another player, of course, to, to keep an eye on. We've kind of been talking about him. Uh, two point oh, wrote in question to ponder on the pod with Alonzo, Mendy, Robo, and Doherty being the obvious standout choices and AWB being so cheap, is discussion of any other defensive options redundant? So I guess the question here is, basically, is there is, is, is it worth talking about anyone else in the back line because the back line is kind of template in terms of like points output? Uh, I think it is worth talking about. I mean, you know, there's some arguments to be made, like for some double ups, like a City double up or a Chelsea double up to have some differential there. Even a Liverpool double up, it's a little harder with pool with the way their rotation's been working lately. But, you know, I get what two point oh is saying. Um, you know, Alonso, I think, really is a must have. We said that in last week's pod. He hasn't been getting as far forward. It's also can I, I'm just going to resurface or, or, or recycle to a, a topic last week. All these people were arguing on Twitter last week about Alonzo, and then Alonzo gets an assist, and everyone got to gloat who wanted to do that. And all these people were doing like, "Oh yeah, Alonzo doesn't get forward. Yeah, that's what you think. Oh my gosh, like kind of trying to like, I don't know, trying to get reactions out of people. He's not getting this far forward. So stop acting like you made some sort of awesome pick with Alonzo. He's certainly sitting deeper this year uh, than last year and deeper now than he was at the beginning of the season. The reality of it is he's still a great pick. So both arguments are kind of right there. I think he's a season keeper and I'm and I don't I don't see him going anywhere on my team. Mendy I feel the same way about um, getting pretty far up the pitch. City's defense is very good. Um, and it seems Pep just loves him. I guess who else are they really going to play at left back anyways? I mean, Zinchenko, good player, but he's young, and Mendy they spent so much for, so they're going to have to keep him there. Rabo, another incredible player, uh, but hasn't really been producing the kind of the returns that we've been expecting. I just don't know exactly what the deal is with Poole. I keep expecting them to, to sort it out. Um, but it, it hasn't come now. They have a really nice run of fixtures in their next five, so I'm not going to be too nervous about it. I think that that points are coming. Uh, Doherty, of course, and Johnny, I think, of course, two are great picks because they're basically defenders playing out of position, so just pick them. Um, AWB, uh, he's going to drop in price, I think, probably tonight. Um, they've had a rough run of fixtures, and they, their next two are tough as well, so people have kind of decided to go away from him, but... I get what two point uh, is saying. You know, these are kind of like the stalwarts, right? Like the players that you're going to stick with uh, throughout most of the season. You may have like one different player within there, uh, but outside of it, I, I don't see why you'd go in another direction. Uh, okay, another question from O O O two point oh. Uh, with Sterling doing so well this weekend and becoming in quotes essential, he probably did that to piss me off. Is it sensible to have Aguero and Sterling in the same team? Tons of money there, but yes, I think that is completely sensible. 
you know, I went away with, or I went, I went away from Aguero just because I thought Sterling was a better pick and I wanted to diversify my attacking options. But if there was one team that I was going to double up premium attacking options, the only team that that would be would be City. And this year it's a lot different because Jesus is completely worthless and Pep doesn't seem to trust him. Looks like Aguero will be starting most games, even though he's not playing that full 90, which sucks. But uh, Sterling is probably Pep's second favorite attacker. Uh, So I feel pretty safe in that pick, and I think I would probably roll with it if you could figure it out. Uh, Bobby Love. Bobby Love. Uh, Considering Salah triple captain this week, worth the risk. Shakiri not traveling for Champions League game and being rested has instilled a bit of rotation risk fear in me. Bobby, I completely agree with you. I also am kind of feeling that way. That said, if you're going to triple captain uh, a player in a single game week, I would definitely say that this is the week to do it. I could see uh, Liverpool going absolutely crazy on Fulham after kind of a rough Champions League game. Klopp has been visibly upset in the last two games, like more so than usual. Uh, More octanes, says Klopp. Uh, I think that that they could really come out and put a hammer on on Fulham. Um, that said, I do see the the fear of that potential rotation risk. Um, obviously, when you play your triple captain, you really want to get as the maximum amount of minutes out of him that you can. I am going to to continue to say what I said earlier this year. I think you should hold that triple captain chip for a double game week. Um, you know, even Salah against like you know, a bottom six side and a mid-table team would be better than probably the worst defense in the league. Um, so I'm advising wait, but if you have the cojones, Bobby, go for it, okay? And you know Bobby Love has cojones. All right, now that Bobby and I have made that connection, moving forward. Uh, FPL, eat some audio. FPL Mario says, uh, my question, Lester, just Lester. Fixture's so good, but particularly Vardy looks poor. Okay, let's uh, let's look at the fixtures and kind of figure out what's going on here. I've not really considered Lester players at this point. Um, you know, their fixtures are very good coming up. Burnley at home, Brighton away, Watford home, Fulham away. Uh, and then they have kind of a, some tougher fixtures in there. But but the next four are, are very, very strong. Um, and it looks as though Amadio is uh, looking particularly maybe at, at Vardy. Um, I guess the only there's only maybe three players that I would look at on the Leicester team. And that would be Vardy, Madison, and probably Chilwell would be the third. Um, Chilwell only because he gets so far forward. Leicester's defense has not been great this year, but does seem to be that they're getting a bit more organized. Um, but let's focus on the kind of attacking options. We did talk about them in last week's pod. Uh, we had a question from FPL Narwhal, the same kind of thing, but my opinions haven't changed. You know, Vardy's shots per 90 is at three, uh, which is not very high for a, a 9 million forward. You know, we had said that Arnautovic's Shots per 90 is at like 3.6 or 3.7, so slightly higher and less money. Uh, Vardy has also struggled this year to get in behind uh, teams, which 
I'm not sure if it's a style of play issue or the way teams are defending them. I mean, Vardy's kind of notorious for maybe not necessarily being involved for large parts of the game and then exploding behind back lines and uh, you know creating scoring opportunities. Madison, uh, 2.28 shots per 90, 2.57 key passes per 90. I have said that I don't necessarily love Madison, and it's more just because I was not able to pick out that he was a good pick before the season, and now I just have to stand by it for the rest of the, the year because I'm stubborn like that. Uh, but I've watched the last two Leicester games in full, and it's outrageous that he has not had a return. Um, I think in both matches he had free kicks that players on his team headed the ball off the crossbar. Uh, so you know he's he's serving a lot of balls in. I would definitely pick him over Vardy, especially considering the price. Um, but you have to get on it now because then the fixtures get a little bit more tricky with. Um, with after after Fulham Spurs at home Crystal Palace away Chelsea away City at home so I would say you'd get on it now um, and I would probably lean towards uh, Madison don't tell Jake I said that because Jake loves him way too much okay that's what we have uh, for questions I'm gonna speed this thing up and get us out of here in the next few minutes because it's a lot it's kind of boring to do this pod without Jake. And honestly, I, I have a feeling people are going to listen and be like, yeah, it is kind of boring without Jake. You know, he really is the star of the show. He really is. I have to admit it because um, he's so dumb. All right. Sorry, Jake. I didn't mean it. Yes, I did. Please come back. <laughs> okay. All right. Captain shouts. Um, you know, this week, I, I think the the, the obvious pick would be Salah against Fulham. Um, you know, I, I'm not saying that you can't pick someone else, but Fulham has have just been so leaky. I would definitely be looking at Mane otherwise. Um, I think Hazard is a spectacular shout against Everton at home. But then again, you know, the City players play United at home, but it's a home match. I Just no match is bad for City. It, it doesn't matter who they play against. So, I really think that kind of the standard like Salah, Sterling, Hazard, and Aguero are your four main guys that you're looking at. Um, you know, sometimes people talk about differential captains. I don't understand why it's really a conversation. Um, unless you're playing like in a head-to-head league and you have to pick somebody to, to outdo another team or it's the last three game weeks of the season and you're trying to catch a friend of yours in a mini league, why in the world would you ever pick a differential captain? Pick the player that has the best odds and opportunities to score goals. And the four players this week will be Salah, probably in order, Salah, probably Mane, Hazard, Sterling, and Aguero. Those players have the best chances to have returns. So focus on those players and pick one of them. What am I doing with my team this week? I think I'm just going to hold a transfer. I don't love necessarily the, you know, my my entire lineup, but uh, I do want to hold a transfer. I think I always say it. I'm trying this year to to do that more. Um, it allows me to make more moves, and I am considering, as we talked about on last week's pod, a mini wild card. And for those of you that 
uh, didn't listen to last week's pod, a mini wild card is when you you have two free transfers and then you make one or or you take one or even two hits going into the next game week. So you'd take a minus four or minus eight, making either three or four total changes. And I'll talk a little bit more about that next week if things materialize the way I believe they may. That's it. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at DiveFPL. Please send us, you know, a, a, I've had a lot more people send us direct messages on Twitter um, asking about their teams, asking about the pod. Continue to do that. It's awesome. We love to talk to people. Um, Instagram, The Art of the Dive, online, divefpl.com. Check the website out. Um, we've had a lot less action on there personally. We've had people going to it, but we haven't been on it as much lately. So sorry for those of you that are looking for more content on there. Just been a little busy with stuff, but Go on there, send us an email. We love to hear from people. Facebook, uh, The Art of the Dive. Uh, download our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, Player FM, and wherever you like to listen to podcasts. I guess that is it. Uh, way different pod. Definitely not as fun. Um, definitely miss Jake. But for the sake of getting some information out there for people, we got it out this week. Uh, we will definitely be back next week as normal. So sorry for those of you that are like pissed off at Jake. I don't blame you. Send hate mail. Please send hate mail in. We need to hear it to, to ensure that Jake never goes on a vacation again and that he quits his job so that he's here for the pod all the time. That's what is to be expected of him. I'm Marco. And I'm Jake. And remember, you should dive. <laughs> <laughs>